I loved it. I loved it. It was awesome. Amazing. I still love it. Yeah. the, it literally represents us so much because it's like this ridiculous power ballad and like just yeah. the the goofiness of it but the the fun of it too like we loved it and it could have been such a cool character what's up bangle fans it's your host joey carney and i want to thank you for clicking on this video it was an amazing experience and i can't wait for you to watch the full episode and enjoy it just as much as I did filming it. Now, if you haven't already, please like and subscribe down below to stay up to date with all the angles activity right here on YouTube. Now enjoy the show. Let's go, let's go! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Angle Podcast. I'm here with a, two special guests this time, the true power couple of professional wrestling. We have Mike Bennett, Maria Canellis. Welcome, and how are you both? Wonderful. Right, People are probably right. wondering if we have issues or something because we're <laughs> in two different places. <laughs> uh, Believe it or not, we do still like each other. Yeah, hey, you know, it happens from time to time. Of course, the true power couple making it work, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so to kind of start off, you know, this conversation, how was your, your Valentine's Day? I know that was the most recent thing to happen. So how was that? Um, let's see. I had, uh, I think I was thrown up on. Um, I at least changed two poopy diapers, possibly three. Um, I wiped a lot of butts that day. Um, yeah, it was, it was a very um, smelly Valentine's Day. Uh, no, we don't, we don't usually celebrate Valentine's, uh, so I celebrated it with the kids, which was awesome because Mike's on the road. But usually, we celebrate Valentine's and my birthday at the same time, so um, yeah, we didn't we didn't do anything. And Mike's on the road. I, I were you in Oklahoma? Yeah, so our Valentine's Day, I was in Oklahoma City in a blizzard and wrestled the show in front of 14 people. Uh, it was a hell of a hell of a Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I kind of want to get into that whole uh, that whole uh, experience you had in a little while, um, but to kind of touch on everything that's happened in the past year, I know it's been uh, filled with ups and downs, to be to be honest, uh, and kind of start from the beginning. Uh, COVID life, how has it affected the training, uh, daily life, home life, everything of that nature? it's been a it's been a very interesting year and like you said ups and downs I mean we started off the year with um, Mike supposedly going to start teaming with uh, Tony in NXT and that starting to be a real thing um, so we were excited about that and then um, having our son in February and that was amazing and such a happy little boy um, right off the bat he was like sleeping and doing all the things he was supposed to do so we were really happy about that and then um, when I was two months postpartum, and then and then COVID hit and we all started going into lockdown mode and then uh April happened and uh, we lost our jobs. And, um, you know, uh, a lot of people like to say it was because of uh, 
coronavirus and everything, but it wasn't because if it was, then WWE wouldn't have had a record year. So um, they released everybody that they had signed within the last year um, because they wanted to make up that money for other things that they have going on. I'm assuming it has to do with the different lawsuits and stuff. Um, so in order to do that, we were released. And um, that was really rough on us at first, especially, you know, being deeply postpartum. Um, there's a lot that happens in a woman's brain um, and, like, you know, with her hormones and emotions after having a baby. So, like, dealing with all of that and then both of us getting fired was really tough. But we learned to dance through it. Um, we learned to... Uh, enjoy this time with our family thank god we had saved money um and so we knew we would be good for a little while um and you know doing that and being able to really enjoy that time with our kids and right out the gate we were getting home i mean dixie contacted us and so did um and so did ring of honor right out the gate so like you know, starting to hear from people and really, you know, knowing there was an interest was um, was great. It starts to give you a little bit of a boost. And, uh, but then the virus, you know, it was it was definitely just starting to get more and more ferocious. And you're you're worried that these companies are not going to be able to um, withstand that time. But uh, luckily, by the summertime, Mike kind of knew he was going to Ring of Honor and, um, you know, that, uh, knowing that helped a lot. Um, and then a few months after he started there, then they started being uh, interested in me as well. So, um, you know, I, I think we're on a really good path now. I'm really excited about it. It's a blessing in disguise. Um, Ring of Honor fits our values. Uh and our, our morals so much better than WWE did at the time. So, um, you know, we're, we're excited what we can do next. Does that, does that cover it here? Did I, did I hit all the high hey, points? I, I got nothing to say. I'm going to keep my <laughs> mouth shut. You guys have covered. <laughs> I'm going to go back to Kansas. <laughs> and I remember uh, the videos you, you both posted uh, when those releases happened and they were so different from the other ones that were released at that time because they were so positive and like motivating. And I think to a lot of people in that um, particular situation, it actually did do a lot of good uh, for them to hear that. What was your, both your reactions to, to, from fans or just, you know, uh, peers from those videos you both posted? It's crazy. Like we, we had two totally different kinds of reactions. Like we had the psychopaths that were like, how dare you have a baby and blah, blah. Like, of course you got released, even though every other company has maternity leave. Like, hello, this is, this is America we live in. We don't live in, you know, like, um, and, and I'm not owned by the fans. So if I want a family, I have a family. Yeah. Um, so there was that reaction. But then there was the other side. Like so many people were just so excited to have us back on the independent scene, to have us back and possibly Ring of Honor or New Japan or wherever we were going to go. Because they had 
stuck with us through those other companies, Impact and Ring of Honor and New Japan. They liked what we did over there and they hated what we were doing in WWE. So they were like, yes, we get our people back. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I, I just keep talking about it all, like all the interviews and stuff that I do. Like I'm going to have a hugging mosh pit when we have fans back. I'm going to leave the ring and I'm going to go out into the fans and be like, come on, just, just bring it in. And we're all going to jump up and down. It's going to be back like when I was like 20. It's going to be amazing. I feel awesome. Like, I feel like the reaction was mostly positive from people. Yeah. Um, like Maria said, there's always the, the crazies that like whenever WWE does something bad, they instantly will come to defend them. Like, like they could go on like a, a murdering spree and they'd be like, well, those people probably... <laughs> <laughs> deserve to be murdered let's be honest you know um that's usually what those fans do so like a whole most of the fans were genuinely usually do yeah yeah and uh from from there i mean you guys kind of had different paths uh individually to wwe mike going through you know more independent scene being well-known around the world before WWE. Maria, you being there, I think it was 2006 with the Diva Search. Um, if you can, Maria, can you compare your first run there to, it's very different, but your first run to your last run? Okay, so um, my first run in WWE, I I didn't realize it, but come to find out I was one of the favorites at the time. Yeah. So I, I had no idea. You you never know if you're like there or hated. Like, it's just, who knows? It could, <laughs> it could be both in, like, the same day. It's insane. Yeah. So um, I, I, I was on every single show in WWE the first time. And we all knew at that time from uh, from when I got there um, in 2004 to 2010, like, we all knew during that time. If you were off three TVs, that was it. You were done. So um, coming back the second time and not being on for so long, was so weird to me because yeah. it, because before it would have just been fired. Then like, ah, okay, well, I'm, I guess I, I'm not right for this company. But this time around, it was like they would sit you at home for months on end yeah. and they would still want to keep you. And it's like, Wait a minute here. I'm getting older. Like I can't. I have to make up the mo the most of it now. You know, yeah. there there's a shelf life to, um, and luckily now, you know, because there's been so many powerful women in this industry, it's not as short as it used to be. But we're still looking at, you know, we're, we're looking at a shorter time frame than than most other places. So like, you can't just sit at home and you know expect to continue to get contracts if you're if you don't have a bigger name so when i left wwe the first time i made almost the least money i have in any company so my contract when i left wwe working 300 to 350 days a year um doing celebrity apprentice every single like interview whatever i was making less than I was in Impact and this last time I came back. So like, um, I came up with a huge fan base, but I still like, it wasn't like I was making millions of WWE. So like, I went off to Indies and I did that and I loved my time in between. 
And so then coming back and being offered a bigger contract, I was like, yes, of course, you paid me peanuts before. Like <laughs> I was I was taking home less than when I was, you know, when I was working at indie shows. Like, so this time, you know, I was making more money, but I was working so much less. And I was like, this isn't right. Like <laughs> I should be, you know. Yeah. I like to, I like to work for my money. I don't just, you know, so it was real strange, but I, I say this all the time, no matter what anybody thinks about my last run at WWE, there is a lot of pregnant women and women that have had babies that come up and thank me for being a positive influence in what people think about what pregnant women can do. Because when I won the championship, I think I was like 18 weeks pregnant. And like a lot of people thought like, oh, you, you can't still have a viable role on television. And so if that's all it was, was a way to empower other women to believe that they can hold these positions, um, then that's enough. It's good enough. And Mike, you had uh, you know, a slightly different path going through the independent circuit or scene. Uh, was it your overall goal to get to WWE when you were the first time in the independents? Like a lot yeah, of it, professional wrestlers? Yeah, no, WWE from like Jump Street was always my goal. Uh, and I kind of had tunnel vision, which is kind of funny now because my goals are the exact opposite. It's, uh, I just did a seminar last night where I was telling the, the, the guys and the girls there that most of the time you'll set a journey and you'll have a destination. And 99% of the time, that destination is not where you'll end up. It'll be one of those places you'll set a goal, and but then you'll end up exactly where you need to be, if that makes any sense. It's what I told them, and they, they seemed to think it made sense. So I was like, okay, cool. I said something that made sense. Um, but, yeah, it was it was always WWE or bust for me, um, which was a weird feeling because then getting there um, and then realizing that it wasn't really what I wanted. It was like the land of Oz, and then you pull the curtain, and you're like, oh, it's just a crotchety old man behind a curtain that runs this whole thing, and it's kind of lousy. Um, but in while on that journey, I found what I did love, and that was just professional wrestling as a whole. I fell in love with the sport. I fell in love with the industry. I fell in love with just being a pro wrestler and making a living being a pro wrestler, which to me is the coolest thing in the world that I get to do right now. So yes, having that tunnel vision might've been a bad thing, but it also helped me expand my horizon and, and, and realize things that I probably wouldn't have realized. Of course. And, you know, fast forwarding, you know, from that time, now you're, uh, compete against Nick Aldis for the NWA World Championship, you know, on primetime. You're back with the Ring of Honor. Uh, you guys, or you're on your, your sort of say, Miss Your Wrestling, uh, I Miss Wrestling tour that I saw, uh, you know, on Twitter, going around just doing these awesome things, 14 people, you know, in attendance. What was your, what was that experience like coming from being, you know, in WWE arenas to 14 people? It was awesome. And I'm not, I'm not even, sugarcoating it it was yeah. cool like this whole tour has been awesome it's i've had the experience to it's like been ups and downs and, and lefts and rights and like different types of emotions but at the end of the day the emotion of just loving what i'm doing has always been there which i haven't felt in a long time just this idea of like i love professional wrestling and whether there's 14 people there or there's forty thousand people there i get to do what i love and you know, everyone's making 
like a big deal. Like, oh, he still went out there and he wrestled. There was never an option to me. Like, that's just what it was. You show up, you do your job, and you leave. I saw the videos, you know, all over social media of how, how your reaction to being there, the fans' reaction, those are real pro wrestling fans without a doubt. And it, you can see the love and passion you have for it just from the way you, you're just happy to be there and the way you interacted with them. And honestly, I, I commend you for that because today's day and uh, generation of wrestling, you don't necessarily see that love and passion as much uh, as, you know, we're normally used to seeing. No, but and I, I think it's I think it's important, and I think um, I think we need to remind people in this industry just who dictates this industry, and it's the wrestlers and it's the fans. And for some reason, we've gone away from that. For some reason, we've given the power to people who don't even step in the ring, and we've said, "Yeah, you dictate what we do and what's good in wrestling." And I'm like, most of these old men don't know what's good in wrestling anymore. They're outdated. They don't have a clue. Uh, I, I just did a podcast with Disco Inferno, which ended up being very good because we just debated what was good in wrestling. We had this open dialogue about what we think is good in wrestling. And it was actually a really good conversation because he explained to me his opinion. This is why what I think is wrong today. And I would say, I get that, but this is what's been working. And this is why it's different than 1998 when you were in the industry. And we started to figure this out and piece it together as opposed to just letting these older men who have no idea where the direction or haven't had a good idea since 1992 are now writing these TV shows and being like, yeah, this is this is good wrestling. And I'm going, it's 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 not good wrestling. This is lousy television you're producing. This is boring. It's hokey. It's cartoony. And I'm like, I want to see actual wrestling. I want to see Ring of Honor style wrestling. I want to see New Japan new japan style wrestling i want to see wrestlers wrestle i don't want to see them uh you know set themselves on fire i don't want to see them driving clown cars i want to see them wrestling because that's professional wrestling and like you got to find guys and girls that actually love what they're doing and it's been really cool to be on this tour because i I have found a ton of guys and girls that love what they're doing of course and I tell fans all the time when they're complaining about WWE or complaining about another company, I tell them it's not the only option anymore. There's so many other options, and those other options are making up for the lack of whatever you're looking for in WWE that you're not getting, you know? And, and I, I'd also say, like, subconsciously, I think WWE created, you know, an AEW or these other opportunities because of what they lacked and what the wrestling – just being disconnected from the wrestling fan in general. Yeah, I I don't. I don't think they know what's good anymore. I really don't. And that's just—they don't have a clue. I don't know if they care, or why would they? I mean, they're making money, you know. So, like, why? Why would they care if uh, 
if it's really what is is good or um, I mean the talent. Well, that, I think that's the there, cool thing there's more talent in that company than I think there's ever been. Yeah. But like it, it it doesn't matter what the fans are begging for, or it doesn't matter what people are saying this is good or this is bad. Because at the end of the day, if they're making that much money, they're not going to change. Yeah, not going to risk it. No, I mean, why? Yeah. Why would you? Why would you change if you don't have to? Yeah. But I think that's what's cool. That's what's cool about Ring of Honor that yeah. I've noticed that I love is like they're taking what their fans tell them through social media, through whatever. The experience. Um, I mean, Hashtag choose your honor. Exactly, but that's my point. It's like they're taking right. Well, right now, everything's through social media because of the pandemic. But when you have live crowds, they listen to the crowds. And then they take what the fans are saying. They did the whole experience thing. That was legit. They said, tell us the matches you want to see. And the fans voted on them. And they just put put the matches out there. It wasn't wasn't done like pretending. It was real. And like, give the fans what they want. They got great responses from the Pure Tournament. So they kept doing the Pure Wrestling. And that's they're still getting... Of even better responses so they're still doing it and like just listen to your fan base they will tell you what they want to see of course and that kind of leads me in, into my next question is uh now you both are, are sort of you know home now in ring of honor and what was the reasoning uh behind that because i'm sure like you guys said there were so many different you know options and, and opportunities out there what was it about ring of honor that really said you know what we're gonna go home this did you open a window, Mike? I did not, no. Oh, it sounded like a window all of a sudden opened. I was like, I can't hear anything. We're going um, over some bumpies. Oh, some bumpies? Some bumpies. Okay. Be careful on those bumpies, dear. They're, de- they're deadly. Yeah, well, they might be. You got to be careful. Yeah, yeah. Um, focus, focus. I think I think it's two different things. Um, I am, I'm not looking to wrestle. Everybody likes to say that I think that I'm this great wrestler or whatever. I'm not. I am a terrible wrestler. I can get by depending on who's in the ring with me. Um, if you've noticed in the last several years, it's all been gimmick matches. I don't actually wrestle. I either pin someone um, or it's some weird thing where Mike's taking more bumps than I am. So I don't want to wrestle. Um, I will if you hashtag your honor and you want Maria Canellas to wrestle, I will do it because I am here for the experience. But um, I want to move forward. I want it to mean more. I want it to be for the generation. I have no interest in seeing my butt hanging out when I'm like 50. Maybe it'll still be hot. It could be hot. Mike still think it's hot apparently because uh, he likes older ladies. But it, I. I don't want want to sit back. Okay, well, I'm just going to keep doing what I was doing before. Um, So Ring of Honor is giving me that opportunity. And so I'm taking it and I'm sticking my teeth into it. And I'm really excited about the announcements that I'm making over the next couple months. Um, We have big stuff planned. I wish I could say more about it, but with the pandemic, I don't want to make any promises. but Ring of Honor is giving me the opportunity to create something that I'm really proud of and that other women will get opportunities from. Uh, I mean, for me, it was always one of those situations where it was uh, don't go where you're tolerated, go where you're appreciated. 
and uh, Ring of Honor has always appreciated me. They gave me my first opportunity ever in pro wrestling. And then they were the first company to call me when I got released. And to me, it's that goes a long way. And to, to have them reach out and say, hey, this is what we want to do. And then taking what I'm trying to get out of professional wrestling and mixing it with the fact that I feel like I'm appreciated there, it was almost... It was almost a no-brainer. Now, I'm not saying I'll never go anywhere else because uh, that's that's phony baloney. I'm sure I'll, I'll be everywhere. That's my goal. I want to wrestle as much as I can. But right out of the gate or right now or, or maybe still five years from now, it was always Ring of Honor. Plus, Taven was there. And, like, I got to go see Taven. If it wasn't for <laughs> Maria, I would be married to him. So, it's, um, it's, it's just, to me, it was a no-brainer. And it's the last – however – long I've been back has just like reaffirmed that that idea that this was the right decision because I have had so much fun since I've been there I just like I look forward to these tapings I look forward to the bubble um I just get I get excited I I really I I dig the passion at Ring of Honor uh I dig the presentation I'm just I love everything they're doing moving forward and so I want to be a part of that because like it's one of those things like I see the rocket starting to take off and I'm like, oh, I'm going to jump on that thing before it takes off because I think Ring of Honor is about to do some really cool things. Hopefully once this pandemic opens up, um, we can get back to live shows. And I think that's when it'll really start to kick in. Of course. And, you know, you mentioned Taven being back in Ring of Honor, you know, making your return to make the save, uh, sort of say, was that a, what kind of experience was that? Was that like a full circle experience for you? Yeah, I mean, besides the fact that I wore a shirt that was far too tight for me. Um, <laughs> it was my wife's decision. She told me, anyone <laughs> anyone that didn't like my suit, blame Maria. Just my fault. I didn't um, like it either. I watched it and I went, ew. You who those, picked up that suit? Oh, it was those, me. Oh, those those shaving. buttons. I was shaving myself. Yeah, those buttons were hanging on for dear life. I can tell you for a fact. Just because um, you're so big, babe. You're so no, big. That's, no, that's <laughs> I'm gonna hang up now. Um, <laughs> no, it was honestly, it was one of the coolest, awesomest, amazing moments in my career. Like it was just, it was very emotional because you go from three years of basically not doing anything, and yeah. in those three years basically all the fans saying you're not worth it you're never going to amount to anything while wwe is basically telling you yeah we don't think you're worth it but we're just going to shelf you and you're never like one of my the, the uh one of my last straws was literally talent relations telling me yeah we think you're a good hand here and i was like oh well leave me i'm, I'm out of here like screw you so yeah. it's like honestly one of those things where being told constantly and then subconsciously and then the way WWE works where they just don't tell you when they don't like you, which is real mature. Um, <laughs> dealing with all that in your brain and in your head and, and just feeling so worthless at certain points yeah. to come back and know like, wow, like, no, you're not. This is awesome. I don't know. It's, it's, it was just a really, really cool experience. It, it really just relit a passion and it like, it just made me love wrestling again course and with both of you having this positive and really motivated mentality uh what do you both think is next i know marie you can't really talk about what's going on in the next few months but what do you both think is next uh to come for your careers um i think it's a settling into whatever company it is i feel like because uh 
we were fighting to get into WWE so hard, going from Ring of Honor and Impact. Um, we never really settled into those roles. And then when you get to WWE and they're like, oh, we're going to have you do this, and Mike's going to have this great run, and blah, blah, blah. And then, oh, he's going to 205, and that's going to be awesome. Oh, SmackDown, oh, this. We never settled. Like, it was like whirlwind. Um, and we wanted to just settle into our careers and be happy somewhere and just, you know, dig our feet in and really be a part of something. Um, I feel like we could do that now. Uh, or at least we're getting there. Uh, maybe we won't feel completely like that until there's no more coronavirus or at least, you know, there's people at shows where I'm moshing with. Um, so, like, it's, I feel like we can finally breathe a little bit. Um, see what happens over the next few months. But, yeah, I think, I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah, I think, um, for me, it's, it's all about wrestling. It's all, I feel like for so long on the Indies and in Ring of Honor, I had this perception of being like this sports entertainer, WWE guy. And then once I got to WWE, I was like, I don't want to be this at all. I want to be the, the the wrestler, Mike Bennett. I want to be a professional wrestler. So for me, and the only way to do that and to prove that is to win. I want to win all of the titles, all of them. Give them to me. Give me every single one. I literally want to take every single title and shove it down everyone's throat that said I could never do this and never accomplish this. Um, that's my goal. I want to be Ring of Honor world champ, pure champ, TV champ, tag champ. I want to go to New Japan win the IWGP Heavyweight Champ. I want all of the titles. I want this is my chance. I'm literally looking at these moments to solidify my legacy in professional wrestling, and I'm just not going to stop until I go exactly where I want to go. And, and this is where our careers do this. <laughs> I want none of the titles. None. I want none. I will. I'll take your title too. <laughs> <laughs> you know what title I want? I want the title of boss. That's that's the title I want. I know uh, I, I want none of the titles. I uh, you know it's that, that's great. You know, but yeah, I I think he will get all the titles. No, I think so too. I'll, I'll you, you, can, you can hear you know the hunger and the passion. I think that's definitely uh, that's definitely going to happen for you. Honestly, thank you. I. Uh... I, I'm, uh, I definitely have, I, I haven't felt this way about wrestling since I first started. So I don't know if that means anything to anyone. It means a lot to me, but, uh, the way I feel and my hunger and my drive, I feel like I was, I'm this 16 year old kid again. That's like, I'm going to be a wrestler. Yay. That's how I feel right now. I, this is, this is a conversation before the, I miss wrestling tour began. It was Mike saying, I really miss wrestling. And him looking real downtrodden. He was like this. Then I said, why don't you leave and just go wrestle and I'll stay home and take care of the little ones. And then you can get tested before you come home to make sure you didn't catch anything. And instantly there was a big smile. He was dancing around the house. I think he did that scene. And like, what was that scene where he was wearing the long shirt, Tom Cruise? And risky like, business, risky right? Business. That was Mike. <laughs> that was um, after I said, go, wrestle, enjoy. And uh, yeah, so we, we replayed that scene. Of course. And uh, I like to ask this question towards the end of my interviews with all my guests. And it's when you both are, are done wrestling, uh, Mike done in the ring, um, what do you both want your legacies to be once you step away from pro wrestling? 
that I was a good person. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I would like um, other people to be my legacy. That's like the best way to put it. Um, if someone else's dreams came true, whether it be you know my husband or someone else I work with, manage, um, that's that's the most important thing. And how really good is um, is a bunch of uh, is a bunch of titles or a bunch of uh, you know accolades if you are a horrible human being? Like I want to be a good human. That's the most important thing. Uh, for me, I yeah, I I feel the same way. I feel like a legacy in wrestling. I mean, obviously for my selfish reasons, I love the idea of being known as a, a really good professional wrestler. But honestly, at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is how you make people feel. And so um, we do this because we try to make people feel a certain way. And so for me, when when people think Mike Bennett, I hope they I hope they just they smile. Like I hope like uh, wrestlers, fans. I hope they just. They're like oh like they just grin and they're like oh that was that was a, he was a cool dude uh like i think about uh, one of my good buddies brody and everyone's sitting there and like nobody knew the effect he had on everybody until he passed away and then you look and you go wow there's a guy that left a legacy that isn't something you work for it's just who you are and that was brody it was just who he was and i've never seen people come together like they did for brody and I think that's just a testament to how he made people feel. He made, it's funny, he, when he passed away, you're like, I was like, oh yeah, Brody, I felt like was a good friend of mine. And everybody seemed to think Brody was their best friend, which was just a, like, that's, that's who he was. Everyone thought he was their best friend. And I think that's far more important. I think that's way more important. I hope people look back and think of me and they, they think of my kids. I think they, they think of, think they think of my wife and they go, he loved his family. That's to me, that's, that's the most important. Titles are phony baloney BS. Remember about you though is how you help them through their recoveries and through I their. Hope that too. I, I just for for me, even as your wife, like the first thing I think about when it comes to your career is how many people have came up to you in like the grocery store or at signings or whatever and said thank you so much for telling your story because yeah. it meant a lot to me, um, and like that's that's a legacy in itself like no matter what you do moving on like the fact that you've affected people so much already by telling your story that and i think that you i mean you both really i mean Rhea more grew up in front of the wrestling audience um and just sharing your whole life, I mean, every part of it, you know, the struggles and the ups and the downs and, you know, starting a family and getting married. I think that it's just really, really, like what I said at the beginning, a true power couple professional wrestling because you don't really get to see everything, you know, especially in WWE where they kind of, you know, they change certain things. But you both being able to, you know, express yourself, letting everybody know, you know, the real you. What's the best piece of advice? That you both can give for people who've gone through similar struggles, you know, uh, before WWE, sobriety, uh, you know, COVID, things of everything, really. You want to start? No, go ahead, sweetie. Um, I think the biggest thing to know is 
every day is a new day. And there's days that I I go I go to bed at the end of the night and I'm like, oof, I wasn't as good of a mom as I wanted to be today, or I wasn't as good of a performer, or I wasn't as good of a whatever. Uh, and then I just try to do better the next day. Like, if you focus too much on where you fail, then that's all, that's where you live. You live in the failure. But if you look, look at the failure as a way to grow, as a way to change, um, then you look at every failure as an opportunity and not a huge failure. Because, I mean, I was fired by three billionaires in one year, and one of them was the president of the United States. Like, I... I understand failure and I lost my house the year after that. Like my house foreclosed on like mess. And then I met my husband and then things changed from there. And you know, it's, it's always ups and downs. It doesn't matter who you are. It's a thousand ups and downs and just up and down as a learning process. But be happy or find a way to be happy um, because this is one life. That's it. And so even on our shittiest days, we dance in the kitchen. We figure it out. We, we do a little boogie in the kitchen. Yeah, I, I, for me, honestly, it's just I, I feel the same way Maria does. But it's also this idea of perfection's not real. There's no such thing as perfection. And I think this COVID times and social media times has made people start to think like, uh, oh, we can attack people online when they screw up or, or uh, when they make mistakes. And I want people to know that literally every single person in this world, they make mistakes, they fail, they screw up, they fall on their face. It's okay. It's okay to fail. It's okay to screw up. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to say, I don't know. We are, we're so afraid to say, I don't know. I don't, and again, I don't know why. We're so afraid to say, I don't know, or I'm sorry, I was wrong. Or yes, I will hold myself accountable. Accountability is such a huge thing that is, is lacking big time nowadays. We are all just flawed, imperfect humans just trying to survive. And once we realize that, I think it becomes so much easier because what we do is we look at everyone's perfect life on social media and then everyone is attacking everyone else for not being perfect. When none of us are perfect, it doesn't exist. It's fake. It's a false. It's a false thing to try to try to achieve. It just it's not real. What is real is all of us having flaws, all of us being imperfect, and all of us just trying to survive and learn from those mistakes and those failures. Once you learn that, I have figured out life, my friends. <laughs> oh, awesome. And the last question I have for you guys, it's kind of like a way off topic one, uh, but your, your, I guess your, your duo theme in WWE, uh, the theme entrance music you guys had, what did you think about that theme when it was presented to you guys? I loved it. I, I loved it. It was awesome. Amazing. I still love it. Yeah. It, the, it literally represents us so much because it's like, this ridiculous power ballad and like just yeah. the the goofiness of it but the the fun of it too like we loved it and it could have been such a cool character and it's unfortunate that we weren't able to do it but like at the same time we'll always have the theme song you know 
<laughs> all I want, all I want is whenever someone says like, what's the greatest theme song? I want it to be Billy Gunn, Ass Man, and then Greatest Love. That is, that's just, that's it. Just hey, get you know what? Two. My Zebra Head is up there, man. It is. My, no, it's, it's actually one of the most downloaded theme songs of all time. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Nothing touches Ass Man. <laughs> Everybody touches the ass. <laughs> awesome, awesome. You yeah, know that that theme. I remember when it when you guys debuted with it. It was stuck in my head. I think for weeks. It, it, was, it was just. It was the greatest. 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 It really was. Awesome, awesome. Uh, so, um, where could everybody listening find you both on social media? Follow the podcast, whatnot. Um, where could they uh, go and find you guys? So, uh, because Mike doesn't know any of his stuff ever, um, on Instagram, it's Maria Canellis. On Twitter, it's Maria L. Canellis. Uh, on YouTube, you can watch our little reality show um, that, like, we, it's, it, I say reality show, but it's not. It's a docu-series. It's about our real life. Um, you can watch that on YouTube. It's on ASY.com as well. Um, and if you want to become my patron and see all my fun photo shoots, you can do that. Um, Mike really likes the photo shoots because sometimes he gets to shoot them. Um, this last one I did myself. Uh, <laughs> I was in Oklahoma City. I know you were so mad too. Oh man. Uh, anyways, uh, so. Yeah, I think that's it. And then, you know, Mike's you're going to have to, like, Google because he doesn't know it. No, <laughs> I know mine. You can – my Twitter is at RealMikeBennett, and my uh, Instagram is at TheRealMichaelBennett. And like Maria said, we're filming this thing that I'm doing now on the road uh, that'll be part of our show, which is The Bennett's. Like Maria said, uh, you can see one of the episodes on YouTube, and if you like it, then you can go to ASYTV.com, and it's available on Roku and Apple TV and all that fun stuff. Um and, and we have what? Watch. We have three episodes on there now. Three, two, three, four. Three. This, three this, or four. That'll um, be four. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and you yeah. can do that. And then go watch Ring of Honor. Please go watch it. You can and hashtag Ring of Honor. And you can yes. hashtag. This is yeah. my hashtag symbol. <laughs> Maybe this is my new like symbol when I come out. I'm like this. No, no don't do that. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, so lame. You're so lame. Uh, you're the worst, bird. Um, all the inside jokes now. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so yeah, you can, um, and join the Facebook group, um, for choose your honor, um, and the experience for ring of honor. So lots of things, um, you can get way too much of us on social media, but we are open books. So our reality show, the Bennett is literally like, Hey, here's our life. It's, it's, it's not, it's it's not like a reality show. It's not yeah. scripted. It's just pure, utter Bennett BS. That's what it is. It's we all lots of Freddie Moon, who she lots of on the show. <laughs> well, I'm excited to see it. I know the fans listening, they're going to be excited to see it. Uh, I want to thank you both for taking the time to talk and, and really, like you said, be an open book and talk about uh, everything that goes on in your life. And I'm really excited for you know the future of Ring of Honor, but more or less the future of both of you guys, because... I can see and feel the passion and the love for it. And uh, I'm excited to see where you guys, you know, what happens next. Thank you thank so you much. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I want to thank you guys for coming on. 
Thanks for having us. Thanks. Thanks. Bye.